2019 always brings a newfound opportunity for a new you. To where you can actually say goodbye to the old you and say hello to the new you. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, if you have it, say mm-hmm. All right, somebody getting some soul in there now. I like that. A little bit of soul, a little bit of salsa. Come on, somebody. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have laid hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind in 2018 and straining towards what is ahead in 2019. I press on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. One more time, God, have your way. Remove me, place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. In Jesus' name. We all said? Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, commit to a new you. Then you may be seated. Well, it's about that time of year where a lot of us begin to make new promises and great promises even to ourselves and what we're going to do in this new year. Now, this is very important because as we go along in this message, many of you, I can already foresee because I know the end of the message and I feel like some of you already, you're going to get mad at me. You're going to get upset with me. Now, this is what I've learned as a pastor. There are many different hats that I wear. And sometimes as a pastor, when I come up here as a preacher, I have a different hat. Sometimes I'm the hat of a shepherd. Come on, God loves you. We walk through the valley, but there's green pastures. And there's other times where I wear the hat of an authoritarian and I have this rod. What are you doing? Don't do that. Get away from there. Not good for you. Then other times I'm a parent. Go to your room. Shouldn't do that. Bad Toby. Bad Toby. But then I come around like a parent and say, come here. I did it for your own good. I love you. Right? That's a parent. Today, I believe I'm going to be wearing the hat of a coach. Hat of a coach. And what I mean by that is that I'm going to be pretty much that coach that spurs you on. And then when you come back from running laps, I'm going to be, okay, are you guys done? One more. Another one. DJ Khaled right there. I know you forgave her, but give her another one. I know you did it in 2018, but I need you to do it in 2019. I need another one. Do it again. So don't get mad at me as I do this. Matter of fact, even just right now, everybody right now, look at me and just say this with me. Say, I love you, Pastor. Some of you didn't say it like you did it. You didn't mean it. You didn't, you didn't mean it. No, come on. Just say it with me right now. Say, I love you, Pastor. You're the best, Pastor. Okay, now at the end of this message, I want you to remember what you said. Don't you remember that? Don't get mad at me. The reason why I say this is because I want to challenge the 2018 you that there's a new 2019 you. But 
But in order for that to happen, you got to understand that what I'm going to share with you is in love. Because many times we make these New Year's resolutions. Another word for resolution is commitment. It's another word. It's commitment or a choice, declaration. I'm making this commitment so that when I go into 2019, I'm ready to make a commitment. Now, let's be honest, if we will. How many of you kept to the diet that you said you were going to do in 2018? How many of you even started continued exercising in February of 2018, right? Let's just be honest. It just... 2018, like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm, all right, I'm going to make a commitment. Well, you know what? I'm making a commitment in 2019. I'm making a resolution that I know I'm going to keep. I know I'm going to keep this one without a shadow of a doubt. You ready? I'm going to eat more and exercise less. Yes. I got it like that. You got to understand something that this morning... I want to share with you about these commitments or resolutions that many of us begin to make. And maybe we don't make them verbally, but we make them spiritually. Okay, this year, God, I'm going to commit to more of this. This year, God, I'm going to do this. And what I want to propose to you here this morning is that if you understand the commitments that you make, it's going to change your life, not just your 2019. It will change your life, not just your 2019. And I want to give you here this morning four commitments that I believe if you make in your spirit, you make within you, it will totally, radically change your life. Now, in fact, here this morning, God's advice for 2019 is great advice that I believe if you do this, it will be the best year of your life. I want to give you four commitments. Are you ready here this morning? We're just going to go over them real quickly. Four commitments for your 2019. Commit to a new you. Tell your neighbor a new you in 2019. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Number one, commit yourself to forget your failures. Commit yourself to forget your failures. Philippians chapter 3.13 says, But this one thing I do... Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Listen to me, my friend. This attitude from God's word has stood the test of time. If you will learn how to forget your failures of 2018, your 2019 is going to be great. Forgetting the failures, what has been done in the past. See, my friend, we don't have to live our lives imprisoned by our past. All of us have failed in some way in our lives, even over this last year. For many of us, our failures are painful memories. Maybe for you, it's a memory how you failed within a relationship. You made the wrong decisions. Some of us, even as parents, probably know that we failed our children, even in some way. It's more likely that even many of us know that we have failed our, our very own selves in some way. All of us know that in some way, we've even failed God. There is a lot of things that have happened in our past that we have failed. But when you learn how to forget those things, you know what I've learned? Is that your past is like a foreign country. We don't do things the same over here. It's the past. We, that's not how it is. It, your past should be foreign to you. You don't speak past language. I don't speak past. When people come to you, say, I don't speak past. I don't speak failure. 
I have a new 2019 coming my way. So when people try to bring up your past, you say, no, I got a 2019. I know that was a failure, but that's not me anymore. I am a new creation. I'm a new man. I have a transformed mind for 2019, forgetting your failures. See, what God is saying to us is that we must not allow ourselves to be engrossed by our past failures. We don't have to dwell on our past so much that it stops us from moving forward into the future that God has for us. I like what Robert Schuller said. He said, failure doesn't mean you are a failure. It just means that you haven't succeeded yet. God is saying here in his word that he doesn't want you to go through your life branding yourself as a failure. Listen, my friend. Jesus Christ, he died on the cross so you and I can be forgiven. Somebody say forgiven. That's going to be a key word throughout this whole message, forgiven. Somebody say forgiven. See, when we become Christians, forgiveness becomes a reality within our lives. When we receive Christ's forgiveness, it allows us to forgive ourselves and even forget our failures. I like what Thomas Edison said. He says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. He said, some of you, you went through the past of 2018 and you found a bunch of ways that don't work. Don't worry about it. Don't do that again. 2019 is fresh and new. Commit yourself to forget your failures of 2018. Come on, if you're ready to forget, give the Lord a hand of praise. Somebody once told me, blessed are the forgetful, for they... I forgot. Number two... Commit yourself to give up your grudges. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Turn with me there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. says, bear with each other and forgive any complaint you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now remember, you said, Pastor, I love you. Remember that. Pastor, you're the best. Remember that. Now, but did you catch this challenge? Did you catch this commitment that's right here? See, God in these words is telling us directly and personally to give up our grudges. What that means is when he says to forgive each other, that means whatever complaint, whatever quarrel, whatever grumble, whatever grievance that you may have against one another, you must give it up. See, a grudge, this is a grudge. A grudge is a deep, ongoing resentment that we cultivate within our hearts against someone. A grudge is an unforgiving spirit that leads to unforgiving attitudes and even unforgiving actions. Harboring a grudge is about nursing a dislike for somebody. In other words, when you have a dislike for someone, you begin to nurse it to life. But there are some things in 2018 that don't need to be nursed. Let it die. Don't nurse the grudge. See, what you need to know is that grudges are very dangerous because they are destructive. Grudges, this is what I've learned. Grudges destroy marriages. Grudges break up families. Grudges ruin friendships. Grudges even split churches. You know that? Now, let's just be very honest, right? If there's any place we should be honest in, it's in the house of God. You know what I've learned is that even grudges within churches, how... We, in, in general, in a church, that grudges with Christians 
It's, it sounds funny, but it's so true. I've seen so many other Christians, Bible-believing, God-fearing, Jesus-loving Christians, still hold resentment against another fellow Christian. Now, you may think, what? I, I thought in church is the most forgiving place. Yeah, the atmosphere is, but sometimes our heart is not ready for that atmosphere. Our heart's not ready for that. Now, the, you have to catch this. Because if you want a new 2019, don't act like 2018. Some of you, you've been acting like 2015 for too long. You've been acting like 2002 for too long. If you want a new 2019 and not just make it a phrase, then some of you, you know what you got to do? This is what the Word of God says. You have to learn how to give it up. Now, this is very important. I've said this before, and we use this phrase. We say, let it go. I'm not going to say, let it go. What I'm actually saying is for you to give it up. Now, this is very important. There's a difference between letting go and giving it up. Because when you let it go, you just throw your hands off and you say, ah, whatever happens, happens. Right? And we have that philosophy of frozen. Let it go. Let it go. But the problem with letting it go is that some of you have that still Australian spirit. In other words, it's a boomerang. You let it go, and then it comes right back. So when I'm not saying let it go, what I'm saying is give it up. I'm saying you need to take it and give it to God. Because when you give it to God, he ain't giving it back. No, you can't have this grudge back. See, that's why some of you, you've let 2017 go. You've let 2016 go, but it still keeps on coming right back because you haven't given it yet. You haven't given it up. This 2019, I want to challenge you, give it up. Look at your neighbor and say, give it up. Now, I want to remind you that grudges are not just destructive. They're also self-destructive. Make no mistake about it. If you keep harboring a grudge, then it will eventually destroy you. If not physically, certainly emotionally and even spiritually. It will make you a bitter and twisted person. The Bible puts it like this in the book of Job chapter 21. It describes it that these people have no happiness at all. They live and die with bitter hearts. They live and die. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to live with a bitter heart. That's a horrible way to, now it's a horrible way to die, but it's a horrible way to live. To live with a grudged heart that no matter what you do, no matter where you go, you can be in happiness, you can be in joy, and you feel so good, but then all of a sudden, you see that grudge, whoom, it takes it all away. It just sucks all the life out of you. That's why I would challenge you, give up that grudge. Do you remember the parable that Jesus told about the servant who was forgiven the huge debt with, by the king, but then he refused to forgive someone else for a tiny amount? The Bible says that Jesus said that his unforgiving spirit landed him in prison. Because he had an unforgiving spirit, he had to go to prison. I like the way Max Lucado put it. He put it like this in one of his books. He says, unforgiving servants always end up in prison, prisons of anger, guilt, and depression. You know what a grudge does? It puts you in prison. A grudge puts you in prison of anger, a prison of guilt, a prison of shame, a prison of depression, a prison of oppression. And the only key is given by God. So this is very important. I'm telling you, this is, I want you to catch this. Don't let it go, 
but give it up. Give up that prison. Don't sentence yourself to a life of prison and anger. Set yourself free. Give up your grudges. Forgive each other whatever that they have been done against you. According to God's word, the way that you give up the grudge is to forgive. Somebody say forgive. Now listen, my friend, this is very important. He's not asking you to ignore what the person has done to you. He's not asking you to pretend like it didn't happen. He doesn't even ask you to condone it or even to pretend that it doesn't matter. You know what he's saying, and I've shared this before. This is the best words that I can think of when it comes to forgiveness. Are you ready? This is very important. This is forgiveness. Cancel the debt. It's not saying they didn't hurt you. Not saying it didn't happen. But you got to learn how to cancel the debt. See, some of you right now, you're in financial debt. Think of it like this. Those of you in financial debt, you, you owe 1,000, 5,000, 10,000. Some of you even upwards of 20,000. I believe in 2019, you're going to get financial freedom. You're going to get freedom in 2019. But this is very important. Imagine right now if you owe $10,000 of debt. That weighs on you, doesn't you? It weighs on you. Man, I got to work overtime. I got to do this. Okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, I can't buy this. I got to do that. But imagine all of a sudden the person that you're in debt to, the creditor, all of a sudden they call you and say, you know what? We know you owe us $12,564.84, but 2019, we're going to forgive your debt. Wouldn't that make you feel good? Then you'd really walk around, let it go, let it go. Yeah, I'm free, I'm free, free, I'm. Spiritually speaking, that's what you do to someone else. When you let go of the grudge. Now, this is what's very important, is that some of us need to forgive the grievance that we've even done, or our parents have done to us, or even our children have done to us. You got to learn how to forgive those things. Some of you need to learn how to even, this is a hard one, need to learn how to forgive an ex for what they've done to you. Some of you, that's what I'm saying. You're still harboring 2005. You're still harboring 2006. No, I'm not. No, you let it go, but it comes back. Every once in a while, it comes back. You got to learn how to forgive. Cancel the debt. Some of you may even need to forgive some grudges of people in this very church. See, God says that deep-seated resentment that you have against that person has to go. Now, this is what you and I must understand. We can't tell God that we can't forgive because really when you say, I can't forgive, what you're actually ultimately saying is that you won't forgive. Because you can forgive. So don't say, well, I can't forgive them. You don't understand. No, 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 no. You can't forgive. It's just you won't forgive. See, this is where you and I must understand what better time to have a new you than this new year. What better opportunity to have than to forgive them, even though it's a difficult decision to start off the new year right. Now, this brings me right into my third point because I'm really not done with that forgiveness yet. Don't, don't look at me like, oh, good. Whew, he's going to talk, stop talking about forgiveness. I'm not done yet. Number three, commit yourself to restore your relationships. Commit yourself to restore your relationships. Romans chapter 12. Turn with me there. Matter of fact, some of you need to highlight these scriptures. They need to be highlighted in your Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 17. 
says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Stop right there. Just let that sink in right there. Because I know some of you, you already, well, that's the way we grew up. Oh, you don't know what they did to me. Can't wait for that to be done to them. The Bible makes it very clear. This is where the standard for us as Christians, we're not the, we don't have the world's standards. We have God's standards. Then it says, carefully consider what is right in the eyes of everybody. Verse 18, if it is possible on your part, live at peace with one another. Now, this is a very important phrase right here. If it is possible on your part. Now, God, by using that very phrase, is personally challenging each one of us to do all we can to restore our relationships. See, the Lord wants us to do everything we can to restore any relationship that may have gone wrong in this past 2018 or even beyond from before that some relationships might have gone wrong in our lives because of what other people have done and they might not even want that relationship restored and God recognizes that that's why he starts off by saying if it is possible it's very important if it is possible now the way I see that phrase if it is possible I see it like this if it is possible means just in the same way that Jesus is a gentleman, the Bible says that he, here he comes and he knocks on the door of your heart. If it is possible, does not mean you go to somebody's heart's door and you're ready to forgive. Okay, I'm going to forgive them, but if they're not home, then oh well. You say, okay, I'm going to knock. Nobody's home, nobody's home. I can't forgive them, nobody's home, nobody's home. No, no. no. if it is possible, you do your part. I'm here to forgive. See, that's your part. I have to do what I have to do. My heart is ready to forgive. I'm not going to hold this resentment. I'm not going to hold this grudge. If they don't open the door, that's okay. You must do your part. You must do your part on learning how to forgive. Not the, oh, they didn't answer. No, no, no. I'm going to do my part. I want to make sure that I live a godly life because I don't want to be like 2015. I want a 2019. I want a fresh new 2019 that God is going to give me the blessings that I know and the promises that he's always called me to have. Can I hear an amen? No, come on. Can I hear an amen? See, when God's word, what God's word says here is as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It is saying that if you have caused a rift in any relationship, then you have a responsibility to do everything you can to restore it. That everything includes the one thing we always, all of us probably find the most difficult, and that is asking for forgiveness. Now, I'm sure I'm not the only one that finds it very hard to say these words. It's almost like it's a cuss word. I am... So uh, I'm hot. Anybody else in here hot? I'm hot. So hot right now. Oh, gosh. Is it hot in here? Oof, my gosh. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh, it's so hard. It's almost like people can easily cuss, but they can't say sorry. I can easily defile my mouth 
but I can't clean my heart. It's too hard. It's so hard. Why? Why? Because if it all possible on your part, you must learn to live at peace with everyone. Doesn't mean you're going to, but you must do your part. Well, they didn't want to. Well, did you do your part? Well, I, they, I said it in my mind. In my mind. You, you know what that is? That's like, this is a perfect example. This is like a text message for some of you that when you talk to somebody, you say, I sent you the text. I, I didn't get it. No, I sent it to you. Watch. It's right. Oh. I forgot to press send. My bad. Oh, it was there in your mind. But you got to press send. Forgive you. I forgive you. See, this is what's very important. This is what I've learned. Forgive, not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. Forgive, not because they deserve it, but because you deserve peace. That you don't have to go around carrying, lugging around this grudge of resentment. And oh my gosh, every time I see them, I get so hurt. My body, I get into knots. And why is this happening? I don't want to see them. I don't want to talk to them. Ah! And here they are. They're just walking. Hi, how's everything going? God is good all the time. Praise the Lord. Oh, God ain't good. Who do you think you are? God is good. This is like Spirit of Yosemite Sam. You know what's heavy? It's one of the most heaviest scriptures, I believe, in all the Bible. It says, why do you call me Lord when you don't even obey my word? Lord, Lord, why do you keep calling me Lord if you're not listening to my word? See, maybe God is saying to some of us that this change of year is the right time to restore relationships that maybe have been ruined and is sincerely saying that you're sorry for the heated words and even selfish and careless actions. Now, make no mistake about it. I know it's going to be hard to do, but one of the most significant things that you and I can do to mark this new year is not to set off fireworks, but to admit your past errors and relationships and humbly seek forgiveness from the one that you have hurt. The fourth thing and the last thing, and I close with this, the fourth commitment is commit yourself to turn your back on your transgressions. Turn your back on your transgressions. I was actually going to do this whole point. I was debating about it because I was going to do this whole point with my back towards you. This is what I wanted to do so you can see what it's like to turn your back on your past failures and transgressions and sins. Because this is what it's like. In other words, you pay it no attention. You keep moving, but you pay it no attention. I'm moving forward. The reason why it's called my back is because it's behind me. Turn your back on your transgressions. You know what I found? There was an interesting fact about the American Civil War. That after the war was over and the slaves had been set free, Many of the slaves decided to stay with their former master and continue to do what they were told. They were set free, but they chose to live as slaves. The New Testament says, it, says that it is exactly how many Christians choose to live. Christ died to set us free. The Holy Spirit has given us the power to be free. But just like those former slaves, many Christians still choose to obey their old master, sin. 
Romans chapter 6 verse 12 puts it like this. Therefore, do not let sin control your mortal body so that you obey its desires. The last challenge for this New Year's commitment is to turn away. Tell your neighbor, turn away. No, say it with conviction. Say, turn away. See, when God says for us to not let sin control the way that we live and to not give in to its lustful desires, he is issuing the challenge to turn our backs on our transgressions. Christian writers and theologians used to talk about something called besetting sins. Besetting sins. Now, what they meant by besetting sins were particular sins that a particular Christian was prone to doing time and time again. Now, for most of us, when we get saved, we give up certain sins real easy. Certain sins, the moment we get saved, some of us, we talk about it in our testimony. Man, the moment I got saved, I stopped drinking, boom, like that. The moment I got saved, I stopped doing this drug. I stopped doing that drug. The moment I got saved, I stopped being sexually immoral. I stopped doing, the moment I got saved, boom, those transgressions were gone. But then there's certain transgressions that just keep hanging around. They just won't leave you alone. See, there are some things that many of us still battle with. Those things are called besetting sins. See, many of us choosing, end up choosing to give into our besetting sins and even end up through this living a double standard or double life. Now, I have to ask you, Is your spiritual life crippled because you have learned to live with a besetting sin? In other words, is it still normal for you to keep with that quick temper and just say, well, I'm going to say whatever on my mind. I'm going to say whatever on my tongue, and I'm just going to say it. And if you don't like it, well, so what? Those besetting sins. It's just normal now. It's a normal thing to have. It's almost like that little pet monkey that Chandler used to have on Friends. And no matter wherever you went, Oh, what's that? Oh, that's just my besetting sin. Why are you feeding it? I don't know. He likes it when I feed him. He likes it when I cuss people out. It's pretty cool. He likes it. He likes it when we watch pornography. He likes it. He li- it's just those little besetting sins. Those things that really have a hold of you. That the moment you think, okay, get off me, not right now. You walk away and what do they do? They crawl right back on. They're right there. In 2019, you have to determine and commit that I'm not going to let a besetting sin rule my life. It will not be a master of me. It tried to master me in 2005. It tried to get me. It tried to destroy me in 2007. But in 2019, I am going to be free. I'm a man that's free. I'm a woman that's free. I'm a husband. I'm a wife that is free. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Tell your neighbor you're free. You're free. See, God here in his word, he challenges us to turn our back on that sin. Whatever it may be, to stop letting it control the way that we live. Stop giving into it. See, the Bible says that that sin wants to master you, but you only have one master. And that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? See, listen, my friend. Jesus' death broke that power of sin over your life. He broke that. 
that you don't have to let it, you don't have to live like that anymore. You can actually have a new 2019. It's not going to look like 2015. You're going to be a new you. Commit this year in 2019 to being a new you, a new man, a new wife, a new husband. This is my year to be a new person. Can I have an amen? You can have victory over it. As I come to a conclusion right here, then come to the piano. It all comes down to this. That will this new year just be another calendar changing event for you? Or are you willing to rise to the challenges from God's word and to make these new commitments? Are you willing to commit to these four things, these four commitments? Commit yourself to forget your failures. Commit yourself to give up your grudges. Commit yourself to restore your relationships. And even commit yourself to turning your back on your transgressions. See, this new year will be really something to celebrate if you'll make forgiveness the heart of what it's all about for you. Start the new year off right. Forgiving those that have tried to destroy you. Even the ones that you may think tried to destroy you and they walk around like, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. It's not what I said. That's not what I thought. But see, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but there's like a, a spiritual hamster wheel that says, no, they said that about you. They did that about you. They tried to destroy you. They tried to mess with you. You know, they did it. They did it. Even if they say they didn't, they really did. Listen, some of you, throw that hamster off. Matter of fact, throw the whole wheel away. You don't need that anymore. You don't need that resentment. You don't need that grudge. You don't, you don't need that in 2019. Save some space for God's grace. Get rid of old luggage that does not belong open in your life. Close that door. And I would even challenge you. I know it's a difficult decision. I know it's hard. But if on your part, if you can do it, if at all, live at peace. And I want to challenge you. For some of us, the ones who are least peaceful are sometimes the ones who are closest to us. Sometimes our family, our brother, our sister. Well, you don't know my brother. You don't know my mother. You don't know my dad. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she said. You don't know. And you're, uh, you know what? To answer your question, you're absolutely right. I don't know. I have no idea. But these commitments have stood the test of time throughout years, thousands of years, that when you learn how to live to these commitments, you're going to learn how to live a blessed life, a peaceful life, that even in the midst of the storm, God can give you peace. I want to challenge you. Start this new year off right, 2019, that I am going to live at peace on my part, not their part, but on my part. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to let God's forgiveness run my life. The old is gone the new has come of committing to a new me in 2019. Give the Lord a hand of praise here this morning. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise.